Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Just being somebody that the neighborhood respected. That my mama could be proud of was the apple of my eye. That's all I ever wanted. Being something, man. So at that point, what else could you ask for? Tears running down the nigga face. In a room full of failures, I feel out of place. Still sleeping on the floor when you deserve better. Got you reeking through the cold, even in warm weather. I told Meek I wouldn't trust Nikki. Instead of beefing with your dog, you just give him some distance. We all make mistakes, that's not be too specific. But like I'd rather be a killer than be a statistic. Never fold, no, I never ran On my soul, I roll like an avalanche I thank the Lord, I got some great friends That's why every bottle I open, I say amen Just had a seizure at the Super Bowl Woke up in the third quarter looking for the smoke It was more than a quarter million, I counted twice Poochie broke my heart, shit, I call it life And never will I call it right Not perfect, but I'm the one you would call it night Traveling the world, I'm just repping my city but rarely do I hear that this nigga done did it When niggas in fatigues will keep you intrigued Cause the loss of life the only thing niggas believe So I pray you listen carefully And I become another motherfucking casualty Always speak and say oh, You just never ever walk on by You even stop and put one in the sky for the love of you and I For the love of you and Standing on your block with you so out of place Uncle on the couch, mama running out of space Lights off so you never tend to speak much Go your separate ways every time the lease up A fat ugly nigga thought I'd never be nothing Another tree stump, happy with his free lunch Ducking pigeons on my eagle on a sunny day Flap my wings once a week, pray I glide safe I want fried chicken at my funeral. Rolls Royces, dope boys, sway interviews. Everybody dying for the same things. Cop killer nigga, don't nobody gang bang. I'm happy Donald Trump became the president. Because we gotta destroy before we elevate. Real shit, look at me inside the White House. With a pocket full of weed inside the White House. Dead presidents tattooed on a nigga chest. U.S. Treasury addressing me, mad at my address. On the biggest residential pool in the U.S. Drake and Kanye can invite every bitch they ever met. Finger fucking bitches in the holy water. Then I go and tell what happened to my only daughter. So a daddy told it to her firsthand. Never perfect, but it's not just about them purses. Always speak and say hi. All the things I got from you, 
my people. Shout out to the world and, of course, everybody that's listening to the sound of my voice. I go by the name of Chuck C. And welcome to the Real Life Spill Show. What's up, everybody? It's your girl Rain in the building one more again. To Ray, hold on. I got to bring you here. Here, can you, you hear right. me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's can you guys up? hear What's me? Up? Hey, hey, we hey. We hear you just fine. <laughs> so, first of all, how how's everybody doing? Let's start there. I miss Gucci. I guess I'll... <laughs> I'm um, how was how how was the Father's Day for the hubby? Well, mine was very peaceful because, as you already know, the kitties is gone. So that made me feel kind of a little bit sad that they were gone. But, you know, I know I needed this time for me. But that's also part of subject number three. So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> well, y'all were doing, y'all were doing grown folks music. No kids. No Not kids. really. I wish. <laughs> well, in red, the first, the they first were ripping them yeah. up. Yeah, pretty much. Well, before we, we before we start the show, I had a... I had a lovely Father's Day. I mean, I want to thank everybody that called, everybody that texted. Um, I even did a little virtual party afterwards. I mean, um, we all hey. saw that. <laughs> we all seen me sweating like bullets too when that one song came on <laughs> and my church official came in there. Whew, he's talking about uh, a brother who horrible sweating. Yeah, very horrible time, and I was sweating bullets trying to edit that song. And I'm like, I said, all I know is the first part. I know nothing about the rap verse on the song yeah, or anything like that. And all he had to do was ask me. I would have told him when the curse words was coming. I haven't heard that song all my life. I know it word mm-hmm. for word. Same here. And that was my that was my song. For everybody that's listening, the song that I'm referring to is "Ain't No Fun" by um Snoop Dogg and Corrupt and Nate Dogg. Man, I just God bless the dead. <laughs> Yeah, I was like in ninth grade when that song came out, and we all sang it, <laughs> all of us. <laughs> That's just as bad as us with the slob on my knob, era. I mean, all of us are familiar with GT, and it was it was kind of his idea. He was like, "Oh, play Papa was a Rolling Stone, and then play I Get Around." So those were the oh. that was the purpose for the transitions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> shots fired at all the beats out there. Yeah, he's not on tonight, but shout out to him. He'll probably be he'll probably be with us on Friday. But before we start the show, I mean, it just kind of ties into uh, topic one, uh, talk about Friday and Saturday. So it was about one thirty in the morning, about 1, 1.30 in the morning. I'm just sitting there and, um, you know, a lot of religious people, they say, if you ever woken up out your sleep at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, That's maybe God three, telling you to pray. Lord. Yeah, or... Or, yeah, or, or God, wants your, God wants your time, He you wants your attention. So... There was different things that came to my mind because I was like, okay, it's one thirty, it's one, it's one thirty in the morning. It was maybe about one fifteen. So I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I wonder what most people are doing at this hour. I said, some are probably watching TV. I said, some are probably having sex. Some are probably listening to music. You know, just different activities. As I was sitting there, and of course, if you're not religious, this this might not be for you because I know some people are used to me being raunchy and everything else, but this is something that's been on my mind since Friday. So as I was sitting there, it was I guess somebody was going going through something, but God never revealed to me who it who it was per se. So Angel comes out the shower, she walks in and she's like she looks at me, I look at her, I said, 
somebody's going through something and I was like, I just don't I just don't know. She said pray, right? So there it is, once again. God is like, I need you to go encourage somebody or people, maybe it's just not somebody, maybe it's just people, because they're going through a difficult time and they want to give up on something and you should tell you know, you should encourage them not to be encouraged. So of course, sometimes us us as human beings when when God comes into the midst that you hear that voice, it's like here it goes, especially with me. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna bullshit it. Especially with me. I'll be like, Okay, you sure you sure you want me to do this? Little old uh-huh. little person listening to you know listen, I I believe in God and everything else. I'm not gonna say I'm hundred percent. I never there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. I I I don't even associate with the word Christian because it has became so much more than just believing in God. I am non-denominational, which means I, I, I believe in some of this, some of that, some of that over there, some of that over there. And it, it works for me. I believe in the Lord thereof, but I don't agree with all y'all ways and renditions. So then on Saturday, on Saturday, um, you know, love came to my mind about why does love or loving someone matter? And then when I text you on um, when I text you on Sunday and asked you what should we talk about, and you said talking about the hurt and stuff, I was like, once again, look at God for the confirmation. I said, because it's funny how all this stuff was just was just on my mind. Uh huh. Because I know we, I know we touched on this a while ago, but we didn't really really get into it for whatever reason. It was brought back to. It was brought back to a person of I just wanted I just wanted somebody to be proud of me. I just wanted somebody to to love me. I don't I I don't know why that I'm I'm still I'm you know, I'm still kinda of battling the eyes, like, okay, what do you really want me to do with that? You know what I'm saying? Then I I even found myself I asked Rain, I said, Rain, I said, you know, I said, Why do you think loving someone matters? You know, and she gave me her she gave me her breakdown of it and I said, but what about that person who, I guess, had a hard way in life, you know what I'm saying? And basically, what basically they don't they don't know how to accept love from somebody, or they don't want to love anybody because they just don't they just don't know how because they've been through so much fucked up stuff, you know, so much trauma, drama, and and stuff like that. So. Those were the two things that were on my mind Friday and Saturday. I mean, you can give me your opinion on why you think loving love or loving someone matters. I mean, obviously, we know that there's different types of love. So when you speak of a familial love, many times it can go multiple different ways. You can have a hard life and decide you're going to guard your heart and not let anybody in. Or you could decide that you're going to try to give people chances, but now you're cautious and you open up a little bit. You have people who love all the wrong people because they just want some so badly for someone to love them. And, you know, it doesn't matter where the hell it comes from or whether or not it's right or wrong. They just want to feel something. And um, then you have some people who just, you know, they're not affected so much as far as the way they treat people or accept love from other people. And then you have people who've been, you know, pretty much had it easy all their life, but they still don't know how to love. Like, I dated a guy for a long time. He was a freaking narcissist, and he was giving everything, all the love in the world, and that was his problem. He was a spoiled brat who brought that into the relationship and thought I was supposed to kiss his ass and his feet. And when 
things didn't go his way, everything was my fault. And I think we discussed that before when we were talking about different types of abuse. We're like, oh, I'm going to kill yeah. myself this next. That's where that brattiness yeah. came from. So at the time, when I was in that situation, I admit I accepted a lot of things I probably shouldn't have. But then again, I was, I'm not the same person I was. So, of course, my standards are much higher now because now I know what I deserve and I want out of life. And um, at the time, I had just lost my father. My father and I were very close. Um, even though he was sick, you're never fully ready to accept the fact that the person is never going to be here again. And I was kind of his caregiver. We all shared that responsibility. So when he passed, uh, I think he was only gone maybe a little less than a year when I got with him. And we actually dated in high school as well. And even from high school to that two-year break that we took, I was not the same person. So when I came back and got with him, I was willing to accept more BS than I would have been willing to accept before. And I can't say I wanted to be loved so bad. I think he was just familiar, and he comforted me because he reminded me of another time when everything was all right in my life. And as time went on, those accepted behaviors got worse and worse. And I'm not going to get into the whole mental and emotional abuse thing, but I'm just saying for me, my reason for accepting and wanting that love from him is not so much that he was the only one for me. I felt like he was he was it, or I felt like this is as good as it's going to get, so that's just it. Mm. But and but it, it, it is yeah, and that's crazy too. I mean, especially with the whole narcissism thing. I mean, that's a whole nother that, that's a whole another jump off there. Uh-huh. Especially when you're surrounded by people like that all the time. And how, how do I say? What is it? Center center of attention. Every like you uh-huh. said, everything has to go their way. Atten- attention seeking. That seeking. That's what I was looking for. Everything has to go their way. It's my way or no way at all. Uh-huh. And when it doesn't go your way, just like a child throws a tantrum, I'm going to run away. That's what he used to do. I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to do, like, it was just always a mess. And, you know, like I said, I'm not the same person. So there's times where I think back and I'm just like, oh, God, you were so stupid. But then it's like, you know, no, I wasn't. I had to learn. And I'm thankful right. I learned those things. So I'm not that person today. And I can actually give advice because now I have a 19-year-old niece who's in college, well, now she's home due to COVID, but, you know, she's in college, and I'm able to give her that wealth of knowledge. Like, this is these are the signs to look for you need to run. Like, when you see a box full of red flags, <laughs> you need to freaking bounce. Like, you need to leave. So, thankfully, right. I know what to look for because I've been through different situations, and I allowed myself to be subjected to emotional abuse, and I'm praying to God that she doesn't make the same mistakes. And it's, I'm very proud of her thus far because I don't know if she's telling the truth or not, but it seems like she has her head on straight, and it seems like she won't accept the BS. So I'm proud of her for that. And let me and let me let me ask this. I mean, it's just just another thought in my mind, and you you might have answered it already. How do, how do how, let me see? How do I want to paraphrase it? I mean, do you do you think you can make somebody? Do you think you can make somebody believe in love? Make them? You can open up their mind to other possibilities. I don't, I'm I've come to the realization after going through so much with different people. You can't make anybody do shit. Right. Nobody, <laughs> and it doesn't mean what it is. Even your kids. We all got them stubborn ass kids where you say certain things and they just not gonna do it. Like they'll go well, they'll me, go to bed me, hungry. Let, you let don't me. wanna eat it, go to bed, fine. I'll right. go to bed hungry. Like well, that's how me, my son Let is. me paraphrase. Let me paraphrase. <laughs> can you can you help them understand? <laughs> let's, let's let's not just say maybe. If they don't let's want to, then no. If they are open to it, then absolutely. 
Absolutely. Like, I, I mean, you're learning every day. Like, me and, you know, the same church leader that you were discussing earlier, we had a really good talk today because, you know, I'm not going to tell her business, but, you know, her family's going through something, you know, and it's some stuff that, like, you know. Yeah, I was talking it, about me in that song, wasn't y'all? You can tell me. You can tell yes, me. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. I'm so glad. No, but no. <laughs> um, she's, she's going through some stuff with her family, and we were just talking about how sometimes you think you've arrived, not arrived even spiritually, but you feel like I know everything there is to know about life. And I know that that's not how we think 24-7, but there are times where we're like, you know what, I get it now, but you really don't get it. And there's some things in life that you're still yet learning. And one thing that I learned recently from talking to her and just having her vent and, you know, discuss her family situation, it made me realize that sometimes you have to sit in what you've done in life. And this may not have anything to do with love, but I'm just saying, I was open to the possibility of realizing that you could make mistakes in life that have irreversible damages. And I don't know if I've ever learned to live with that. Meaning like, I'm not saying I necessarily did something, but I'm just saying as a human being, like, let's say, all right, I have a client, I'm a social worker, right? So I have a client Mm -hmm. had an accident. He was a rider all his life when it came to like bikes, older man, he's not old, old, but he's like in his fifties, right? He had an accident about two years ago, and he lost his leg. And for a long time, like, I can sense the bitterness. And he has every right to be bitter because I'd probably be mad as hell to the world. But, you know, you can sense the bitterness every every time you speak to him. Like, when you ask him, hey, how you doing today? I'm going to give him a name, John. Oh, how you doing today, John? Uh, well, you know. And then, you know, as my job, I have to let him vent. I have to let him talk. And I understand. Like, I don't. I empathize. Let me not say I understand, because understand means I've been there. I can empathize with how you could feel losing a part of you of who you are. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until my last encounter, right before COVID hit, where I was, I had to do an in-home visit with him, and he kind of admitted without fully giving the story that it was his fault the accident happened. Because for a long time, the way he told it is like he's just a victim of circumstance, and you know something just crazy happened to him, and he's just angry at the world. But it turns out maybe his attitude comes from the fact that he doesn't know how to sit in the fact that this is his fault. He doesn't know how to mm-hmm. accept and move on. Like, how do you process that mentally to know that you changed your life forever from doing something stupid? Like, how, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, how do you sit with that? Do you forgive yourself? Is he angry at himself? And that's why he comes off like that? But then I started realizing that maybe, maybe sometimes people are not willing, because I don't even think to, to this day he's willing to fully accept that he did it. Because even when he said it, he stopped talking, and then he went back to the whole bitter what was me. I hate to bring religion into it, but you have to be at a point in your walk with Christ to understand that although he gives us freedom of choice, some things are destined to happen. And if you Mm -hmm. can grasp the, the idea of it doesn't matter how that situation happened, Apparently that was God's plan in your life for you to lose your legs. So no matter how you tried to avoid that, even if it wasn't in that particular situation, you were supposed to lose your legs. So you you yeah. gotta. I mean, although you put yourself in that situation to lose your legs the way that you did, mm-hmm. you have to learn to accept that life is what it is, and everything has a reason and a purpose for happening. That's like me. Um, my baby is five now, so about six and a half years ago, I got into an argument with my mom because I was at the time I was 
still doing what I do now, traveling nursing, but I was more traveling then. And the client uh-huh. I had was a retired doctor who married his side chick nurse. Um, uh-huh. Not that that was relevant to the situation. So I would, they lived in the mountains up in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. And I was, um, up in up at the up in there estate on the mountains and I got a call from my daughter's daycare and they were like, It's a snowstorm and we're gonna lose lights and right now we're being snowed in. We need you to come and get your daughter as soon as possible. And I'm like, That's impossible. I'm two hours away. So I call my mom and I'm like, Mommy, can you go get the baby? And she's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to get the baby, you go get your own G D child. And I was wow. like why do you have to be difficult? I'm simply asking you because I can't clock out yet to go get her. Well, you can go get her when you get off work. I'm like, you're missing my point. The school called and said that I had to come get her. She was the last kid there, and they were being snowed in, so they could not keep her. Please go get her. Please go get her. So Uh she's like, I'm not going to get her. You can go get your own child. So I said, you know what? I don't have time for this shit today. I'm going to go get my own child. So I explained to the wife who was a bitch because she ain't had kids of her own. I explained to her my situation. She popped the attitude and was like, you're not leaving here till you do your job. So then I turned around and called my head office and explained to her the situation. And I was like, I can't afford. I have a child at home. They live in the mountains on top of the mountain. I cannot afford to get snowed in up here because God knows how long I'm going to be stuck up here because they don't ice the roads or nothing up here. Mm-hmm. I mean, so they don't talk the roads or anything up here. So if I get snowed in and it's all icy, I won't be able to get home. And ain't no telling how long I'm going to be stuck up here. I said, so I'm leaving now. You can send somebody else up here who can afford to stay, but I have to leave. So she gave me the go-ahead. I left. I didn't make it five minutes away from their house. And I kid you not, because at the time, I'll never forget it. And this is why I don't drive Hondas to this day. I was driving a Hyundai Santa Fe, and I was going no more than 10 miles an hour, and I was going no more than 10 miles an hour, and I'm coming around the the mountain, and I'm going slow as hell because it's icy, snow's coming down, there are no barriers between me and the side of the mountain, so I have to stay on my side of the road. One wrong move, and that's it. As I'm coming down, my car starts to slip and slide. And I feel my car moving towards the side of the mountain. And I'm just praying, like, Lord, just please let me make it off this mountain. Please let me make it off this mountain. That wasn't his plan. Because my car kept slipping and sliding, and I had brand new tires. Car started slipping. I hit the brakes. I didn't jam on, I didn't slam on brakes. I started tapping the brakes to try to stop the car. Mm-hmm. That did nothing. My brakes slid on ice, locked up, and my car flipped over into a water ravine. Oh, uh, thankfully, it was not full of water when it happened, but my vehicle was pretty much crushed. There was a person coming home with his kids who seen what happened. He immediately stopped his car and jumped out to try to help me get out. But here's what I say. God was walking. I was I was close enough in my walk with God that I I was already praying as the situation was happening. He had yeah. given me. He he basically had touched me enough to the point where 
I was calm in the situation. Most people would have freaked yeah. out. Mm-hmm. I was calm. And he gave me an exit. And he kept me level-headed to be able to exit the car. Because if I would have panicked, I would have died in that car. Because uh-huh. I over, the back window behind me shattered out. I had glass everywhere. I didn't even realize that I was cut up until after the fact. It was glass everywhere. Yeah, you were trying to save your life. I left my purse, everything in the car. I was... I had a pair of scissors, and that's why people think I'm crazy when I always keep a pair of scissors in my car. Nope, I keep it's a box cutter in my car. I can't, right get the I can't get over it. I, I had a pair of medical scissors. I cut the seatbelt, got out, and climbed out the back window through the glass. And he was like, "Are you okay?" Oh, one thing I forgot. I had enough. I had enough calmness and enough sense in my mind to know to cut the car off because if I hadn't cut the car off, the car would have exploded. So I cut the car off and climbed out the back window. He helped me up out of the ravine. I had He called 911. <laughs> and this is how you know I love this man and I love my daughter because my next thought to my mind was, I didn't even bother to call my mama because we had just got into it. I called yeah. my husband. Like I just flipped my car. He was like, you're bu- it's, it was on his birthday. He was like, you're bullshitting me. I said, I swear to God, I just flipped my car. But since she brought up that day, can we talk about – can we talk about the events that actually led that led up to and <laughs> that led up to that? It it it's funny because I had a um I was the first kid on my block. Not that I want to brag, but I was the first kid on my block in the first ever Android, which was the G1 that came out. I was the first kid on my block to have that, right? Mm-hmm. So as time progressed, I still had a I had a G2 X. I had I went through the G1 phase, the G2 phase, the G2X phase, whatever, whatever. I went through the phone phases. The G2X, um, my oldest daughter, she had spilled strawberry milk on it. So I ended up going back to the G1. But I got up that morning, and I had my regular phone, and, of course, I had the Obama phone. Um, uh-huh. you, know, when, you know, just in case the regular phone got cut off, got to have a backup. By the way, if anybody wants to talk, press 1. Anybody want to call in, 516-387-1817. But any anyway, um, so in the midst of that, I'm up that morning and I tucked the phone. I want to say in the front of my shorts or my boxes, whatever it was that I had on. The phone, the G1, I'm talking about the phone. It falls, and you know how something's falling, but it seems like it's falling fast. When you ever seen something like fall in slow motion? Yeah. So it it fell in slow like it fell in slow motion. It hit the ground. I said, fuck, right? So I'm like, okay, well, it's not the first time the phone fell. When I turn it over, it'll be fine. Not only was it not fine, it was cracked. Stattered, not I had, cracked. Yeah, I had, I had screwed up the digitizer. It didn't even work. So anybody who's familiar with the New York area, I was in the Department of Social Services when I had got the phone call from her. And she's like, hey, um... Cause we we were actually texting because we were supposed to meet up for the weekend, and we were um, texting each other at first, and then she goes, "I just flipped my car over." I'm like, "Why the fuck is she playing with me?" I know she didn't flip her car over. I like this. I said, "This can't be life." They're like, first my phone breaks, now she flips her car over, and mind you, we're in the middle of a bad snowstorm, and me, uh-huh. I'm just I'm, I'm talking to my mom at the time. I'm like in the middle of the DFS trying to hold my closer together. I was like, "I got to get out of here. I got to get." Her because the car flipped over. 
My mom's like, no, you need to relax, you know, because you don't want you don't want to rush out there and then you be flipped over somewhere too. I mean, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not gonna bullshit. Cause I really, I really thought, I really thought she was playing with me. I'm like, I'm like, maybe I was like, you know, maybe it's a little revenge because, like as you said, people, you know, you have when a breakup comes and it's all, oh, I'ma hurt myself to stay as Lauren Hill said in X Factor, you know. <laughs> I try to walk away, then you hurt yourself to try to make me stay. So I, I was like, okay, I, I was like, yeah, I played games with her, so now she's gonna play games with me. That, that, that's how I thought about. That's how I thought about that. I mean, so as time progressed, I laugh, I laugh with her about it now because she says I was only going five miles an hour around the bend, and I tell her, I said I've been in the car with you on several days. I said you probably had the Jamaican music blasting. My favorite time, and my favorite song at the time to give y'all background, and this is why he said that, was Driver, Abu Jubantam. So, you know, every time I got in the car and we was going on a road trip, I was, Driver, don't stop at all, pedal to the metal. Not this day. So, I hadn't played no music. There was absolutely no music playing in the car. It was complete silence when this happened. So I, I said that. I said, you know you was playing Driver. You should have put, put the brakes on it. And you didn't do that, so you flipped over. <laughs> you know, so we, you know, but it's it's it's, good. it's funny now, but it was not funny then. And it that experience and several other experiences brought me closer to my belief in God and my walk with the Lord. But I'm just gonna finish off telling y'all what happened. So at that instant, he called the he called nine one one nine one one then responded, and the officer was like, um. Ma'am, you're lucky to be alive looking at that car. Are you okay? I'm like, I'm cool. I just want to go home. I got to go get my daughter. I'm getting hysterical at this point. I need to go get my daughter. I don't want them to call child protective services on me. He was like, ma'am, I doubt highly that they're going to do that. He's like, um, is there anybody I can call to go get your daughter? And I was like, you can call my mom, but I'm pretty sure she's not going to go get her. Um, just, Just take me home. And he was like, you sure? I'm going to call an ambulance and have them check you out. I was like, I don't need no goddamn ambulance. I just want to get to my child. And he was like, okay, ma'am, just sit in the back of the car. Um, We'll take you home. I was like, you're not going to close the door on me like I'm some goddamn criminal. He was like, no, ma'am, you can sit here with the door open. I still want the He said, at least let the EMT check you out. He said, if they're fine, then you can. He said, if they say you're fine, then you can go home. I was like, all right, if, I'm going to let you do your job. So the EMTs get there, they do the little flashlight in my eye, bull crap, da 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 how many fingers am I holding up, ma'am, what day is it, what year is it, da 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 who's the current president? And I'm like, I answered all their questions, I'm like, can I go now? They're like, you can go, you seem fine, you can go. The adrenaline comes down two minutes before the ambulance packs up and starts to pull off, and I was in pain I could not move anything it hurt to cry they strapped me to a court they took me to the emergency room in my city what was a two hour what was two hours away they got there in 45 minutes and the whole time I'm back in the back of the ambulance I'm praying because even though they got chains on their or on their their ambulance, you they had chains on tires. You feel the ambulance slipping and sliding, slipping and sliding, slipping and sliding. And I'm like, Lord, if this is the day I die, make me calm. Just let everything be a bliss. 
peaceful death. I want, excuse me, I want to die a peaceful death, Lord. Please don't let me die violently. Just let me be, let it be a peaceful and instant death. And the Lord talked to me. He said, girl, you're not dying. You're not yet. <laughs> this ain't the time. I was like, all right, well, he didn't say it wasn't today. He just, he, he just said, this ain't the time. So I'm gonna calm down. So then he, um, so when we get to the hospital, they still have me strapped to this board. They have not let me go. I made sure that they called my mom, and I had already told Chuck what was going on. So I made sure that they called my mom and let her know what was going on. So they called my mom. She went and got my daughter, and then she gave my daughter to her um, fiancé at the time. And she told him to keep her and why she came to the hospital and checked on me. And as she got there, they were coming in to give me a shot of morphine. They gave me the morphine. And I asked my mom, don't leave. She was like, you'll be okay. I'm going home to your daughter. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need you to stay with me. There's nobody here. Don't leave me here. They're going to let me die in here. And she's like, girl, you're bugging. You'll be okay. Mark my words. Just what I told her. No, she left, I think maybe 10 minutes when she was gone. And the morphine started kicking in. And I am asthmatic. I have bronchial asthma. And I couldn't breathe. I'm laying flat on a board, strapped to a board, and couldn't breathe. I'm gasping for air, and at this point, I started crying because I'm praying to the Lord, and he ain't responding. And I'm like, God, I asked you not to let me die violently. I I, I don't think I, this is unfair. I've been nothing but a good person in my life. Why am I dying <laughs> like this? And I'm just crying, and I'm like, I'm not supposed to die like this. Hey, listen, listen real, real quick, Um, you know, shout out to everybody that's listening, everybody that's locked in with us. Um, the question at hand is why does love or loving someone matter? If anybody that called in wants to talk, you can um press one and voice your opinion. If not, we're gonna um I'm gonna let Wayne finish of course and Teray, I'm gonna let them finish if they have anything that they want to say. Once again, the question at hand is why does love slash loving someone matter if you want to talk, press one. Um, I said if not, I'm gonna let Rain and Teray finish on that. Then we will go to break and come in with topic two. You know, powerful testimonies. Like I said, if you ain't, it, it's not always about being ghetto and raunchy over here. You know, we we try to do different. We try to do different things. You know, so if you don't like it, then it ain't for you. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Okay, so then. As this is happening, I, I told you I'm praying and God ain't responding. So now I'm cursing his ass out because I'm like, I am not that bad of a person that I deserve to die like this. What about my daughter? What about my children? And a nurse heard me. She heard my cry. She heard the muffled cry. And she came in the room and she wasn't even my nurse. She just happened to be walking by. I had clicked the bell already. The bell had been going off for a good 20 minutes at this point. And 
she comes in and she's like, oh, my God. She's like, where is your nurse? And she so she unstraps me from the board. And she's like, sit up. I was like, I can't move. So she props the bed up. <laughs> she has me standing completely up. The board is strapped to the bed. So she has the she tilts the bed to standing position. So the bed is completely standing up at this point. And she snatches out the, the IV line. And, I, and this was the and this was my first time being hit with an epinephrine pen that I can remember. She stabs me in the leg with the epinephrine pen, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> never a good, <laughs> never a good feeling with them damn pens. But I was able to breathe at that point. And right after she did that, in walks CJ, and he looks at me and he goes. Are you okay? Anything broken? You're not going to die on me, right? I'm like, no, I'm okay, I think. All the tests came back. I was fine. And the next morning, I woke up and couldn't feel the right side of my body. They couldn't figure out why. I didn't have a stroke, nothing. They thought something, because that's the first thing they thought. They thought I had had a stroke. Hadn't had a stroke. Everything was intact. I could not feel the right side of my body. Couldn't move it whatsoever. And it would come and go like that. And it would come and go like that for a good three, four months. And I have always been a person where I hated codependency. I hated depending on anybody because every time I looked for somebody to help me, I would be let down. It's like I've always poured into their cups and they never poured back into mine. And at that point, I couldn't become solely dependent on my mother because my mother had my siblings to still continue to raise, and she had her fiancé at the time. So that was her dedication and devotion. So then I, at that time, I basically fully became, became dependent on Chuck, and it was like, I was in my mind, I was like, this shit is really going to make or break this relationship because... I'm becoming cold. I'm becoming solely dependent on this man, and I don't know if he can handle this. He might be like, "Fuck this shit is too much." And through that situation, I had just become shook, and I was scared. I had PTSD for a while. Chuck in second. It took me at least a good two years before I actually got comfortable with driving again by myself. I would I would refuse to drive. Even if it was from yeah, my house to the stop sign, mm-mm, you couldn't get me to do it. I and was I, terrified. And, and you know, it's so funny. I mean, and she she just came on. Um, if you want to talk, um, press one. Um, be nasty if you want to talk. Um, but the funny <laughs> the funny part is, she's like, she complains so much about that on her. She complains so much about that on, but she don't sit her hard headed ass down. She still want to drive out there to New York to you. But it, it was so funny because I mean I, I watched I I I watched I watched her I, I watched her I watched her behind the wheel and how shaky she was and she was like oh oh no she was like you, you gotta you gotta do the driving you gotta do the driving I'm like oh I'm like you be Speedy Gonzalez any other day <laughs> any other day but now you wanna but now you wanna be scary with it hold on a second. Be nasty. Welcome to the show. Not that you anybody knew. Hey, hey, guys. We can't really hear you that good. I'm sorry. My pillow was in the way. 
And we can hear you now. What's up with it? Nothing. So what we talking about now? Well, the question at hand before we get ready to go to the before we get ready to go to the break, which will be at nine o'clock. Um, the question is, why does love slash loving someone matter? You know that that turns into us giving, you know, testimonies about the Lord. But nevertheless, the actual question at hand is, why does love love slash loving someone matter? In your in your opinion, why does love matter? Or loving someone? Love matters. Love. It matters because without love, we have nothing. You wouldn't care about nobody's feelings. You wouldn't care about whether you live or die. You wouldn't care about anything. And the world would be in worse chaos than it was, than it is now. Love is what keeps your family safe. I agree. Oh, so let me just finish. I'm going to just wrap this up. I'm going to. <laughs> no, it's been a long, it's a long story. Let me just wrap it up. So, I think for about a good three months, this went on. I would catch, I would have the feeling one day, and the next day, I wouldn't have it, or I'd have it one minute, and the next day, I wouldn't have the use of the right side of my body. And I was like, I lost my job and everything. And I was like. This man don't love me. He he think they about to cut me a check. <laughs> That's why he here. He just want me for my damn money. A word? That's what you thought about me, yo? <laughs> <laughs> he stuck it out with me. He did. He really, he really, really did. And it, it let me know then that no matter what you feel about yourself in a situation, it's very important, whether you in, in in those type of situations or who, who will show you who really and truly love you and are there for the purpose of being around you and loving you and those and and it'll show you the people that's not. And he was there through the entire situation, and no matter how much I beat up on him, no matter how much I doubted myself, he was like, "Bitch, you gonna get your feeling back. You're gonna go back to normal. You're not half a." He said, "And even if you don't, you're not ha- you're no less than the person that I met, who had all use of her limbs and body parts." He's like, "You're still amazing. You're still a great mother. You are still your mother's daughter. You're still every everything that you think you are." Because at that point, I was giving up. I was like, "I'm gonna be this little crippled, paralyzed bitch, and I can't do this." I mean, it might have it, it, it might have been just a little awkward, <laughs> just, just a little bit. If y'all know what I'm talking about, just a little awkward. Yeah, because everything would have had to be from the left. Go ahead, baby, turn turn on your <laughs> left side. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> So for me, I say love is everything. If you don't have love, you don't have anything. And really quickly, I'm going to just give you all a, a quick two minute another situation that happened to me. So anybody that's really close to me and now I'm I, I'm comfortable enough to openly speak on this. Um, my youngest is almost two. So about three years ago, I had gotten real low, had started losing my faith in God. Everything was piling on top of each other, bills, debt, everything. And I was just like, you know what? I can't deal with this shit. I was constantly, me, me and Chuck were constantly arguing, arguing, arguing. My boss thought I was a fucking hamster on a wheel. Because they called me for everything. And because I needed the money, I didn't say no. I was wearing myself 
sin. And finally, that day, I got into an argument with Chuck. And then my boss called and screamed on me because the client that I had up in Nyack said that I had forgotten to take the trash out after I changed her husband. And that it was very disrespectful and disgusting and that I I, I was unfit for the job. I got to remember we on the radio because I almost said something I wasn't supposed to. Although it's unsafe. <laughs> So then I'm like, seriously, I can't do this shit. And I was like, well, she feel like that and tell her to do the shit herself or you send somebody else. I I don't want to do it anymore. So I was scheduled to go to work that next morning. I went to take a shower. And normally sometimes that's where I decompress and unplug. I take a long shower. I cry it out in the shower, whatever I got to do. And for whatever reason, I couldn't shake it. I'm crying in the shower, couldn't shake it. So... Needless to say, I was like, fuck this. I just want this shit to be over. I, I quit. I took a bottle of painkillers, 21 Oxycontin, and laid there and waited for the inevitable to happen. Now, mind you, I just said I had given up on God. Guess who kicked in and started talking? God said, get your ass up. I'm going to give you the strength to get up. This is not the end. You do not get to quit right here. I had done wrote suicide letters to everybody. Get your ass up. I got up, out the tub, got dressed. He kept me conscious enough to drive myself to the hospital. Got to the hospital, was able to tell the guy to triage just what I did and then passed out. Now, mind you, once again, these was 21 of my pills that was taken, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and because I had the surgery and um, what happened was they had sent they had sent a prescription to one place that I wasn't able to get it from, then they sent it to another place. So I had double I had double the pills, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like I'm like, I right, you know, anybody listen. Don't some, you some, say that shit on the air. I'm gonna say what We all know. Some, we're we're psychic. We read our we read yeah, your mind. I'm about we to say sometimes mind. you know, sometimes <laughs> some sometimes a drink with a half, you know what I'm saying? It it is what it is. I'm not saying like yo, I'm I'm doing two in the drink. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a half in the drink, but whatever. So these is twenty. These is twenty one of my pills. You know what I'm saying? And actually, one of the callers that's actually listening, you know, there's a joke we always make about it. You know, it's like oh shit, ain't Rain's getting mad? Angels getting mad? Hide the pills. Hide the pills. Hurry up. Hide hide the pills. Don't let don't let her find the pills. And it's funny because like you know after everything and once the situation died down, um. Um, I was the the song by Future, Ma- Mask Off. You know, we was like, you know, what, we gonna call you Rain. We gonna call you Molly Percocet from now on. <laughs> you know, but just you know, but just joke, you know, just joking about it. And it was actually a good thing that we could actually joke about it. You know, what I'm saying after the fact. I mean, because you know that that was serious business. You know, that, yeah, that was, uh, that was so no just good to finish thing. off the story. I basically ended up two months in uh, in the mental hospital. Um, rebuilding myself and refinding who I was and rebuilding my relationship with God and it was in those moments that it was really important and it really meant a lot for me for the people who actually love me and meant it to be in my corner to talk to me although of course with black people I'm gonna say families in, in general there's always some drama in the mix but outside of the drama it was really I'm sorry, y'all. I'm <laughs> getting emotional. You damn loony tunes. Shut up. It was really the people around me 
that kept me together and let me know, bitch, we love you, <laughs> no matter how cuckoo in the head or whatever the case may be. We love you and we would never abandon you so you don't get the right to abandon us. It and it brought us closer because we used to not talk about certain things, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're pretty much an open book when it comes down to it. Like if I'm feeling a ways, I'd be like, yo, I'm feeling this type of way and I don't give a fuck how you feel about it, but I'm feeling this type of way because I promised myself and my kids that I would never put myself in a situation like that. And it was my love for my children and God's love that tapped in to let me know that that was not the end and I was not supposed to die like that. And it pulled me back out of that hole. And you know, and, and you know something else. Let me and let let me just say this for laughing purposes. Don't be fucking with that stuff. You're gonna do it, do it expeditiously. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, Mr. Sam. <laughs> you smoke crack, Sam? No, Mr. Sam. Go on, jump. Go on, jump, man. Don't fuck with it. Do it expeditiously. Once again, if anybody wants to talk, um, I'm about to go. To, I'm about to go to break. Real quick, I just want to say, <laughs> so yes, love does matter, even when you think it doesn't. Love will bring people back from the worst situations and remind them why life is so important. So I just want to say thank you <laughs> for all the people that's listening or wherever you are, all the people who helped me in that moment. I really need it. I really appreciate it. And I try to pour back as much love as I can. All right. So once again, the question at hand is uh, for every, for everybody else that did call in, anybody else that did call in, we're getting ready to jump to topic two after break. But if you want to voice your opinion on topic one, which is why does love slash loving someone matter, you can do that as soon as we come back before we jump in topic two. And we will be right back. The Real Life Spill Show. Shit, <laughs> yeah, got a fucking story to tell you. Jack, Jack, <laughs> I won't be long. Won't be long. I first so many nights off in the coldest winter, and just prayed that a lot of shit would get better. It ain't nothing but tears running down my face, and I wonder who can help me through my pain. So many questions on my brain, like, do you really love me? Do you really care about me? How are you just gonna turn around and fuck me? It ain't nothing but pain, and these tears fall day by day. It seems like nobody cares what we're going through. When she fell blue, I felt purple But yes, the last word he said was so hurtful And now, and now. It ain't nothing but the pain Nothing but the pain Pain, 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 pain. It's so many 
these emotions and broken hearts that I can't seem to mend. I guess that's why tears fall when I see you with my vision. Tell me why they won't stop falling, but no one knows about the hard life you was living. Getting raped at an early age, nah, it's no good feeling. So you figure fuck it out, just take it, knowing that you just can't take it. Now you're stuck with hate and you don't know how to love it. If you had kids, how you gonna treat them? Let's just thank God that we got them. Sometimes shit ain't always what it seems. You get a lot of promises, promises turned into broken dreams. To this day, remember that you still got me. This is all realistic, no made up dreams. But it still feels like you still telling me. Suicide on a nigga's brain. They always say I watch relationship because shifts do sink, but our friendship goes a long way. I try to love you like a brother, respect you as a lover. I turn you out to me, there should be no other. Remember them nights when you played on the covers? You told me to touch it, then asked me did I want it. But even after all this, I still reminisce on the sexiness. You and me a life start to finish, beginning to end. Need a win, spread paper, and pen. Judgmental 
about people, but as a woman, a mother, you know, and a, and a wife, I, I commend you, you know, because it's not easy. And so you are allowing us, and I thank you for helping us and allowing us to know that we are not alone. And so I thank you for your love. And to me, love is everything. It's everything. It is the greatest force in the universe. And so thank you. And I love you back. I love you too, sweetheart. <laughs> I love you too. And so, you know, I just, you know, really thank you so much. And don't ever stop sharing your story because your power is in your story. You were able and still able to reinvent yourself and grow and do whatever is necessary to make you, to con- to help you to continue to be the strong woman that you truly are. So, Rain, I thank you. You know, and CJ, I think I, I think you can sing a little bit. <laughs> just, uh, just, just a little just bit. Just a little. Just a little. Just bit. a little bit. <laughs> you need a little tweak in there, but you you you're all right. I enjoyed like I said, it. That's, a, that's a old, like I said, that's a that's an old song. I recorded that song back. I don't even remember what year. <laughs> and like every time, every time I think about just going back into the studio and re-recording it, I'm just like, I don't even know if I still have the same strength and agility, you know, for it. I mean, I still know all the words to it and everything, you know. I personally think because you had more experience in life, you re-recorded it. It'll come out so much better because you can tap into not only just your mindset back then, but you can tap into feelings from other situations where you felt like that. Hold on one second, guys. We have another caller. Shorty, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hey, Shorty. How's What's going on? Doing? Good. <laughs> That's good. I think love is a very, very, very beautiful thing. Because without love, what do you have? Like, realistically, without love, what would you have? Well, you wouldn't have life without love, honestly, because God so loved the world, yeah, he sacrificed his only son. But that's what I'm saying. Without love, you know, it's like you wouldn't have anything. So it's very beautiful. Um, spread love, spread positivity. And, yeah, love is beautiful. All righty. Um, anybody else have anything else they want to put in on that before we jump to topic two? We're going to do topic two and three together, I guess, because we're running down on time. Yeah, I'm gonna go back I'm to the fifties and the sixties. Make go love, not war. The fifties okay, and the sixties. Okay. Make love, not war. Make love, not war, dude. I hear you. <laughs> okay, so oh. let's jump in. Uh, hold on, um, Ajua, anything else you wanted to speak on on topic one? No, no, I'm good. And again, thank you all for a wonderful um. Oh, that was a wonderful segment. I enjoyed it. <clears throat> okay, so um, to Ray, and Rain, I, I got, I'm, I got, I'm gonna get off right now too. I just wanted to say that. Okay, but I'm gonna come back in. All right. Okay. All right. Um, to Ray, to Ray, Rain. I don't, I don't know who wants to. Um, to Ray, you gave it to me. So, do you want to lead on topic two or three? Uh, sure. All right, so uh, the second topic of the day is how long does it take to get over hurt caused by a friend, or how do you move forward? So my reasoning behind talking about this is um, I have 
some friends were, uh, I don't like to use the word best friend anymore because when you grow up, you realize certain friends are just like family. So the whole best friend title, yeah, I still for nostalgia purposes keep that title for two people in my life. But in reality, I barely talk to them. And I still love them. There's no love lost. Um, it's just that life has happened and things have transpired over years and there's been a difference of views and opinions and there have been situations where I feel like things could have been handled differently on both sides. But, um, for instance, I have one situation where I'm not going to get into all her business just in case she ever decides to listen. Um, we had an incident um, three years ago where I was going through a really tough time in my life, and it seemed like everything was going wrong. And at the time, she was getting married. And, you know, some women, they become – I'm not going to say she turned into bridezilla because I'm not going to try to play her like that, like she was that bad or she was mean. But she was mm-hmm. 100% late to focus on planning her wedding. So at the time, I was in the process of losing everything financially because, you know, Hurricane Sandy had happened. I was working on Wall Street, which is got where it got hit the hardest because, you know, everything mm-hmm. downtown uh, south of 14th Street was, like, literally destroyed. It looked like a ghost town, like something out of The Walking Dead. So I lost my job. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you lose a job, you lose your income, and I wasn't able to collect unemployment because my job did pay me a small amount, like, of a severance as they were letting people go. So since you're still technically receiving income, which is from your job, you don't qualify. So I wasn't able to get it. That obviously wasn't enough to hold the bills together. So at the same time, my nephew had also gotten into trouble. And um, he was looking at doing some serious time. And then also things weren't going right in my relationship. It was just like everything was going wrong. So, of course, who do you talk to about your problems? You call your best friend, right? When I called my best friend, she was always distracted. And I understood because uh-huh. I was a bride. I was already married. I got it. But it was right. distracted to the point of almost like I'm bothering you. And that's right. the feeling I got. So I just stopped talking to her about it. So the day comes where we're in her bridal party. We end up meeting up for the bridesmaid's day. We all discussed a certain amount of money we were willing to spend on the dresses. It was way too much for my, for my, you know, my budget at the time, but I still agreed. A month later, mm-hmm. we have another bridesmaid meeting, this time at the bridal shop. When I tell y'all this dress jumped double in the past month, <laughs> I was like, didn't we agree on this price? No, well, what we said is we're going to try to stick to this, but I didn't like those dresses, so now this is the price. I argued with her about it. She came at me like I was trying to be difficult on purpose, and I didn't want to go into it because I'm like, Heifer, didn't I just explain to you what I was going through? And so apparently she must have forgot because, like I said, she's in bride mode, wasn't thinking about nothing. So she took uh-huh. it as, oh, you just don't like what's going on and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't really argue with her because I was like, you know what, at this point I was just more hurt than anything. So I'm like, you're really just completely disregarding my life situation for your wedding. And I told her, you know what, since this is becoming an issue, I just won't be in it. And then right. I got a phone call immediately after. No, that's not what I meant. Why are you taking it? Like, like once again, trying to put it back on me. And I'm like, I'm not saying it with an attitude like, F your wedding. I'm still coming. I just said if it's coming to an issue where I can't afford it and you're thinking that I'm trying to be difficult, then let's just not do this. I'll still support you. Right. I'll still come see you when you're getting your makeup done. We'll dance and, you know, have some champagne while you're getting your bridal makeup. I'm fine. I just uh-huh. am I'm okay with not being in it. So she took that as me kind of being bratty. So I didn't really feel like arguing with her because at the same time, I also knew that the way I was feeling, it would have came off real fucked up and disrespectful and our friendship probably would have ended. So Mm -hmm. fast forward, day of the wedding comes. My husband comes to the wedding, and apparently at this place there is a dress code there. So 
we're broke. We don't have shit. My life's about to get cut off. Matter of fact, they did get cut off. I'm on a payment arrangement, paying them with money I don't even have that doesn't exist. I can barely feed my kids. I'm eating bread and mm. peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Basically, whatever Wick gave us, that's what I was eating. And thank God my son was mm. a baby at the time because he wouldn't have been eating either. So we just didn't have it. But I stuck. I took every dime I had to be in your wedding just to make you happy. On top of it, I don't like none of your bridesmaids. And I already told you, I don't like none of these bitches. And I'm sorry for my attitude, but to this day, I still told her I don't fuck with none of your friends. I don't like these bitches, but I will hold it. But that day, I even hugged one of them just for the picture. So if I held it together, I was able to swallow my pride and pay money that I didn't have. Maybe it was not pride, maybe stupidity, whatever, just to make you happy. Just to make you happy, I stuck around these bitches for an hour and a half while we're getting ready. For your friend. Sorry. Uh-huh. Said you had you had humility for your friend. Yes, I had humility just off the strength of you. And then when my husband comes not dressed according, you have an attitude and you're like, why would he come to your wedding like that? She didn't say it to me. She said it to someone else and I found out after. So once again, I'm at the wedding. I say something and I'm not going to say what I said, but I said something because somebody said something first. But of course, when it when she approached me about it two weeks later when she came back from her honeymoon, she called me. I was like, oh, can I just talk to you because I'm just, just disappointed the way something happened. And in my head, I'm like, now what? Like, oh, my God. So she told me that I offended one of her friends because I said something. Mind you, you didn't, she didn't even come to me and say, it's not like I said, Rain, you know what? Can we discuss what happened last week? Can you just explain to me? When you were talking to, to Chuck, can you tell me how that conversation went? What were y'all talking about? That's not how the attitude was. The attitude was, what did you say to her and why did you say that? It was like. Really? You didn't yeah, even so you ask are, me yeah, how it went? Yeah, you just yeah, jumped so you to it. And so mind you, when she did that, that's when I let loose. Because I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I said, number one, I swallowed my pride, and I stuck it out with these friends I don't like. And I, I faked it just for the day, and I was happy for you. Oh. Number two, I did not want to be in your wedding because I could not afford it. Not because I didn't want to be in it, because I could not afford it, and I didn't want to put myself in further debt, which I actually did, just to be in your freaking wedding. Number three, the whole time that you're planning for your wedding, I'm going through stuff, and I'm trying to talk to my friend, thinking I can get support, and you're not even giving me support because you're not really, really listening to me because I'm asking you to because you're talking about your stuff. So, and she's like, well, why didn't you tell me all the stuff you're going through? I was like, you didn't hear what I just said again, and I had to say it again <laughs> with an attitude. I was like, I literally just told you that I told you everything as it was happening in my life in real time, and you were not thinking about what I said because you were so focused mm-hmm. on you. And so ever since then, even though we're cool, we still do our kids' birthday parties and stuff. And she even came to me one time and said, you know, I feel like things are not the same. And I explained to her. I was like, I don't feel the same way about you. I still love you. I still love your wife. I still, exactly. I still love you. I still love your wife. Both of y'all have friends can come over anytime you want. Something happens, you can gladly come in my house and spend the night, spend the month if you need to. I don't care. I got your back. However, never again will I trust you with my feelings. Never again will I trust you with my business. Never again will I trust you with my emotions when I'm going through something because you were not there for me when I needed you. And I'm not saying you had to give me all your your attention. I'm your friend 100%, but I can't can't solely say that I I trust you to do the same. Yeah, so when I spoke to my husband about it recently, he was like, well, that was years ago, because my husband's very forgiving, like, he's very forgiving, like, he's petty as hell, because he'll still bring it up and make you feel like shit about it, but he's very <laughs> forgiving, like, he'll be your friend, but he'll be like, oh, remember that time you said to said, yeah, I didn't forget that shit, but anyway, let's go out to eat, like, that's how he is, and all his crack jokes, like, you see how Chuck cracks jokes about your pill incident, it's not funny, but he was a dick about it, that's what my husband does. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're not going to suck or such again, are you? Ha, ha, ha. And, like, you're just stuck, like, oh, my God, really? You just brought that up? So that's how he is. For me, I'm the type, like, depending on my relationship prior to the hurt, I can move on. However, I will never fuck with you like that again. 
And if I wasn't that close to you from the beginning, I'll drop you altogether. So I just pose that question, like, maybe I'm bugging, maybe I'm holding on for it too long. No. But I don't feel like I can trust you anymore with my heart. No. So that's just how I am. I, I'm so just going to refer back to the question. At the moment, the topic is how long does it take you to get over hurt caused by a friend? And how do you move forward? And I think D Nasty wants to say something. Oh, I was just repeating the question. She can go ahead and give her 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 input. When it comes down to a friend, you get over it, but you never get over it. That's a never. I don't care who hurts you, you never get over that hurt. Eventually, you might forget it, and then something to re-trigger it, and it'll, re- it'll resurface all over. You never get over a hurt, a true hurt, especially for somebody you care about. And you can move forward, but you you move different. You move separate. It's, um, like, I had a friend. And I'm gonna call the bitch name Samantha. Oh. Um me and her were cool and it was an incident that came on and um um where I was accused of something I didn't do. She knew where I was, she went to the police and came to my house. My daddy had already just told, they had came to my house for something. I was in the bed sleep. And mind you, I didn't have, like, everybody, anybody who knows me knows I'm underwear only. She sleeps the same way she was born into the world, basically naked. I have underwear on with a pamper. So you might as well say, yeah. Um, Right. So I'm under my cover. She, the police came. My dad said, my dad didn't even know I was still, he didn't even know I made it back from dropping my kids off to school. And she turned around. I don't even know how she got involved. Next thing I know, as soon as they leave, she comes in my house, talks to my daddy. While she's talking to my daddy, she just comes in my room. Um, and I look up under the from under the cover and I look at her and then next thing I know, she's like, Well, I'll talk to you later, Daddy. She walks out the door and then the police come in and then they come and they pull the cover from over my head. And although she was my friend, that disappointed me where I still fucked with her, but I don't fuck with her. Mm. When somebody treats you like that, you feed her from a long-handled spoon. Now, your yeah. situation could, like you said, it could have been handled differently on both ends. Um, Can you repeat you said it could have been what? She said it could have been handled differently on both ends. Okay. I understand the situation fully. She was your friend, Bridezilla. She's in bridal mode. She's not really thinking straight. And that I disagree, but I'm going to let you finish. Now, although you were trying to talk to her, certain times, you when you can't voice your opinion, you send a text or you send a letter because people will read and listen before they actually listen to your voice. But in this situation, I think, she did bo- I think she did both, and there was, like, a blank disregard of what, what she was going through. Yes, it this was is like a her four-month period. Yeah, this is like a four-month period where I was going to hear what you and your feelings. Yeah, and I, that's and just that's what it was. Best friend? And you didn't talk to her mother? I don't what? have nothing to do with her mother. Yeah, her mother's what not you your friend. About? She was. With, okay, in best friend situation, when it comes down in best friends, every best friend knows, most best friends know the other person's mother, family, or whatever, and because you become part of the family. 
Just like mm-hmm. you call her your sister, her mother calls you her daughter. At uh-huh. certain times, like a family, when you can't get through to your sibling, you got to go to your mama for your mama to reason. And Reg, when she wasn't listening to you, if you had a problem, took it to her mother and explained the situation to her mother, her mother would have did because she would have listened to her mother. And that would have opened her eyes. But what's my, like, oh, what, my concern is, I'm the type of person, I don't beg people for shit. So if you don't want to no, open I, your eyes, I'm not calling your mother, I'm not calling your sister. You don't open your eyes, fuck it, I'm not telling you nothing again. And that's just how I am. I'm like that with everything. And it doesn't matter who you are, my own mother. If I start feeling like you're a certain type of way, I already learned, noted, good, and I move accordingly. I'm not begging your mom to make you see nothing. You don't want to see it, you don't have to see it. And trust and believe, I'll make sure you never have to again. And it doesn't mean I don't talk to her because on her birthday, on her anniversary, all of that, I call her, text her. Like I said, once in the blue, we have girls' night, and we do stuff. And that's not that I don't fuck with her at all. It just means when it comes to me feeling like I can be vulnerable with you and come talk to you about my insecurities that or I'm thing. going through something, I will never do that again. Right. And I, I absolutely agree. Listen, I, and I agree, too. What happens is, and it's not like talking, you're not like you're talking to, you're not like you were going behind her back or explaining, and I'm a very private person, too. But I, I before I let a friendship all the way go, when I have my issues, Well, she never said she let the friendship go. She said she just backed out of her feelings out of it. Right, mm-hmm. she backed out. And me, and this is what I say, I'm going to say she's better than me, but I would have said what I had to say when she wasn't listening. I would explain to the mom, and I said that. But you can't necessarily would, say that because some people. I just don't understand bringing other people involved. No, it's not. It's not. Listen, it's like I'm the. It's not really bringing because if you're part of a family. Well, how do you know that we were? I was part of her mom's family. I disagree. So we're best friends. I mean that we're part of family. I disagree with your rationale, and I'm going to explain it to you why. Because I have two best friends you guys, unfortunately, never came in contact with. But I will bust blood about them bitches just like they will for me. You don't know them. And if we was to ever get into a situation like that, I don't expect them to run to you. Because at the end of the day, you don't owe them any, no, you don't owe them any loyalty and vice versa. If you're my friend and I'm coming to you as my friend, screw my mama and everybody else. If I'm coming to you as my friend and I be- you we became best friends and, and, and sisters bonded by whatever the case may be, then I should be able to be vulnerable with you at any time. You should be able to be selfless enough to understand or at least listen. And if you can't do that, then we are not the same anymore if our friendship is even worth keeping at that point. Mm-hmm. Listen, and I understand that. And like I said, I'm a different generation. My gen, with the generation I'm coming from, when we when we say best friends, we say right. You can't be friends with nobody unless your parents knew who the hell they was, and your parents knew their parents. Right. All right. Let me let me just explain. Also, I'm not sure what generation you think I'm from, but I'm not. I'm probably not as young as you think I am. But I understand. Like, I'm not gonna ask your age and all like that. But I'm also not Angel's age either. I mean. Sorry, I'm not I'm her gonna, age either. I'm, I'm going to put this out. I'm, I'm Angel's mother. We know that. <laughs> but you're literally only like six, seven years older than me. So it's like it's not that big of a difference as far as the, the generation. So I, just, I don't know. I'm also the type of person like me and her. Okay, let me explain the situation. So my other bestie, I'm not going to get into my issues with her because she's actually going through some stuff. And I think that has a lot to do with why our relationship broke down and even her own mother. And her own family doesn't contact, um, they're not in contact like that either because she just broke down her relationship with everyone, her brothers, her mom, like, 
she's going through some stuff, and I'm going to leave her alone, and I'm going to continue to pray for her. But my relationship with her, that goes back to ninth grade. So with that situation, we absolutely are family, meaning, like, my mom is her mom. I, her little brother lived with us for a little while and all that when her mom was going through some stuff. I get it. So that's that type of relationship. This other best friend, I met her in college. So not that it's a problem that we met in college, but I'm just saying we didn't meet under the, like, okay, you know, in, in high school you're still living at home with your parents. So when you're at your bestie's house, she's with her mom. She's with her brother. So, you know, you're around. So that's why that relationship is different. This best friend, she didn't live with her family when I met her, which means that the three years that we cultivated, getting our bachelor's degrees together, graduating, walking down the aisle together, that was just in the dorm room, just me and her independently. So our families are not close like that. Yes, she knows who my mom is. I know her siblings. We met, obviously. We've even spent a holiday together. But I'm not going to sit here and say it's the same as my other bestie where when you come over, my mom is here, my dad is here. You know what I mean? It's not that type of friendship. So, yes, I love her mom to death, and I call her mommy just like how I call you mommy because I love your daughter. But at the same time, I'm not going to reach out to you on Facebook and be like, oh, Angel's not listening to me. Like, I'm going to discuss it with her. And if I feel like I was, I'm not I'm a sorry. kid, I don't need, I don't need thrashing that's, that's from what I'm my saying. mom. I get what you, I completely get what your mom is saying. Cause that's how you deal with family, family, like blood, like right. stupid, you have no choice but to be around. Like my actual siblings, I'm still may not call my mom. I still might just call my other sister or my other brother. But like, I just right. never that's was like the type of person to get other something. people involved. That's like, if you or I was to go through something and my mom was to come around and she'd be like, what the hell is going on with you and Teray? I don't want to talk about it. She's going to go to you and be like, Teray, what the fuck is going on? And if anything, I'd be annoyed. Like, why couldn't now? you just tell me how you feel? Right. Listen, I'd be annoyed. Why'd you go to somebody else? No, listen, I go, I do that in her household. I go to her husband. I go to, I go to Chuck and be like, yo, what the hell? I don't get Oh, yeah, my mom talks shit about me to my husband all the time. <laughs> Girl. I'm used to it. I just ignore it now. I used to get upset. Now I'm like, you know what? This is just life. Fuck it. Right. I, 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 I said, I was like, you want me to pay for y'all to go on a date since y'all like each other so much? Because first you couldn't stand Girl. it, and now you love them. These Why don't y'all go on My best friend, my sis, I didn't meet her until I was, in my, I was like 27, 27, 28 when I met her. Uh-huh. And she met my dad first. And then she talked to my mom later on, but I met her mom, and mm-hmm. her mom died. Her mom, I was her other daughter, so we talked, and then my mom would call when I went to jail. Um, between her and my mom, they got my kids situated. She took care of she. When I left Alabama, she took care of my daddy for me um, to make sure he was okay and gave me the heads up because I tell her, go check on my dad, she go do it. You know, so even though she me and her go through our own issues, we done got into it where she came to the house with a better stick trying to fight me. And I was like, bitch, what? I'm not finna touch I'm not finna touch with your big ass. We it is we didn't talk for like a month or two and then we cool again. Uh-huh. But this is what happened with best friend and, and with and sometimes and the reason I said in parents, like if you if you're connected with the family if you're going through something and that person is not, can't be there for you, because at that particular time you were going through what you were going through, she couldn't be there for you mentally like you needed to. Uh-huh. And, and it, it was, I disagree. It wasn't the fact that she couldn't be there. She chose not to be there. In that, in that situation, that was a choice. Because even when after the fact, after at, no, I'm gonna say why it was why she chose why I say she chose not to be there because even after the situation broke down and everything ha- came late to rest and they had a conversation, you still turned around and you weren't even hearing me because I just told you what I was going through 
and you still turn around and ask me, well, why didn't you tell me? Well, bitch, what did I just say? You're clearly <laughs> still not listening. Right. And right. I, and, and I and understood, wait, and I understood that right there. And but during the time she was going through what she was going through, and she needed that ear, she needed that shoulder. If one person can't provide it, that's there. Somebody close to that person, like that mother, might be there. No, I may not be. But what if I'm only comfortable enough and vulnerable enough with the, and only vulnerable with that person? You cannot expect yeah, me to. I was gonna say that too. Like, like sometimes you don't you don't want to discuss it with others because you don't want to be judged and. Let's let's not pretend that family won't judge you because sometimes your own family sure. makes you feel worse than anybody. Sure. So that's another that's reason true. I didn't go to my family with it because I didn't want to hear the BS. I didn't want to hear the oh well you should have this or oh well I told you this and I told you your husband because like I said we were going through stuff too and I didn't want to hear none of the I told yous or why didn't yous or I would have and you should like I didn't want to hear none of that. The only person I trusted talking to was my two besties and that's who I wanted to speak to. But I will say that's that like I'm not going to say I got to the but, level where I actually acted on taking my life but I'm not gonna lie I did contemplate it because I, it was just too much and I felt so bad and that at that time I, I say the, the reason I'm mo- most hurt is not just because she wasn't there for me but the way she made me feel afterward was that I literally am alone in this I have no one to talk to in this and even my spouse is the one that's part of my problem so at this point I just don't have anybody and I, I felt lonely and even to this day I'm still traumatized and I feel a little choked up talking about it because putting me back at that place, it was very dark. And it was like that for a while. And it's not even like, okay, and the several months later, we were fine. It's like it took us like three years to get out of that situation, to, right. to, to finally get on our feet and just imagine going through, I mean, not imagine because we've all been through some stuff. But I'm just saying me imagining going through that again and realizing that there's no hope for my situation. I'm trying everything I can to make things better and make things different. I just keep getting kicked in the face it over and over so again. And, dark, and then I have nobody to talk to. The end of the yes, there and, was and none. The there really point wasn't. Point. There was little specks of sparks that would come up every now and then, I, but not an actual light. I, I, I empathize with you because my situation wasn't exactly the same, but like I just told you guys before, I actually attempted on taking my life and damn near succeeded. So I, I it was only God. I'm not gonna say it was, me. it was only God. That I absolutely understand when you felt you the one person that you felt like you could be vulnerable with completely ignored you. So I get it. And mm-hmm. that goes back to the question. It I can't put a time frame on that. I really can't. No. It's it takes maturity. It I, no, you can for, you can forgive, but, but you 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 never forget. And it never. takes like I would say, never it takes maturity, and it takes knowing. It, it takes self work because I'm sitting next to the person where in that situation, the person that I felt the most that I was I, I felt like I should be able to be the most vulnerable with was not hearing me, and I'm not holding him. I used to, but I'm not holding him at fault anymore because I realized. He was dealing with a lot at that and during yeah. that time. He didn't know how to, to relate to me at that point. But I felt alone. I was in the dark. We were going through a lot at that point. And I just was like, I can't do this. I can't I, I, I don't have any I didn't have anybody and it's and it's funny. I'm a I'm a bring God into this again. Saray, you said that was like three years ago, right? Um, it ended about three years ago. Twenty seventeen. It was actually twenty twelve to oh gosh, that's three years. It was five years. It was twenty twelve going into twenty seventeen. That was a hell, pure hell for those five years. Let me make you laugh. So we were going through the same feelings during the same times and we went through our situations and matured and progressed out of those situations and then God aligned us. It's funny. 
uh, uh, it's funny. Maybe we should have been aligned back then, but only mm-hmm. we know. <laughs> but that's what I was getting at. I was going to say, Teray and I, the friendship that we have is uh, in a short amount of time. Right. It's also like a, a sisterhood because we can be vulnerable with each other without judgment. Like she don't judge me and I don't judge her. And we've shared some dark secrets with each other and what comfortable and I have more in the that. closet for you. <laughs> I, I'm, li- I'm ready to listen when you're ready. Um, and there are some things that I've talked to her about that I didn't feel comfortable talking to you about. And so I agree when you say that some- I agree when you say sometimes you can go to the parents, but our relationship is our relationship, and she's never made me feel like, oh, I'm, I don't have time for what you got going on. I don't want to hear your shit. We equally be like, she'll. It, it could be four hours we'll be on the phone with each other. She vent to and I vent to, and we be like, bitch, I felt so good. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm sorry, but let you talk earlier, and I didn't interrupt you because you needed to get that out. That's right. like that's and, like me and, and, and you too. Go ahead, and see the thing is, is we 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 put things on friends, but sometimes we're more we're we say best friend, but we're best friend and they're not ours. We're their best friend, but yeah, okay, that's what happened to me. Friend. I was her best friend and she wasn't mine. Because a best friend sucks it up, and I'm sure you've been around some people, and I'm sure you don't like some of your friends' friends. And I flat out told her from day one, I do not like none of them. And it's not even like they did anything to. I mean, it's not like I did anything to them. They didn't like me. So I'm going to probably piss some people off, and I'm very sorry because I'm not trying to offend anyone. But some people can be very clicky, right? So my friend, as you heard me say, she and her wife, right? So they're they're lesbian, Uh right? They've invited me to numerous, regardless of how the hell I feel about it, that is my best friend. And even to this day, I still call her my best friend because she'll always have that spot in my heart. Will our relationship change? Yes, but she's still my best friend. So at the time, she invited me. So a couple of events that her and her other friends who also happen to be lesbian, minus like one of them isn't. And they judged me off the rip because they were all nice to me until they found out I was straight. They treated me like one of them. And then the minute we started talking about relationship and I kept saying he, he, one of them, it's almost like she was slow and didn't understand what I was saying when I said he. She's like, what do you mean he? I was like, my husband. And she was like, oh, and I kid you not, immediately it's like a switch went off and they all started treating me like shit. I'm the type of person to match energy. You want to be petty? I can be petty Betty, too. I can be petty Wop. I can be whatever the hell you want to be. Petty Crocker, Petty LaBelle. I don't give a shit. I can be the same. So I match energy. And she didn't like that because she wanted me to kiss their butt because they were new to her. Period. And I was like, well, that's where our friendship is going to dissolve right here. She was like, no, no, no. I just won't invite you. I was like, well, then don't. So it got to the point where they tried to say, what did you say? I was going to say, how dare you not like me because I prefer dick over coochie. That's your business. Your sexual preference is your sexual preference. Like mine, I ain't trying to sleep with none of you hoes. And maybe that was the person. Maybe they wanted to and they were mad because they could. I don't know. Oh, well. (laughs) But the point is I was nice and courteous to everyone, and I was a part of the conversation, too. I didn't try to say my relationship was any better or different than theirs because I'm with a man. And I guess they felt like part of me feels I'm not making excuses for the way they acted but I feel like maybe they felt like oh this is a safe space for us why is she here type of attitude but it was like it didn't matter before you found that I wasn't gay so anyway y'all were women um, if she was was your best friend she should have stuck out to me to you she was your best friend but if you were her best friend when it came down to he say she say or you and the other girl didn't get along as a friend, now my best friend 
Miss Eugenia Juanita Berry. Um, me, her, and Samantha we were all cool. But when me and Samantha got to, to, into it, Gina didn't get into it. A true friend is not going to get in between two other friends. If you got two friends that don't get along, you don't get in. You don't say, why did you say that? Because you're defending the other friend. And when she defended the other friend and asked you, why did you say that? She showed you right then that you wasn't her best friend. Yeah. And that's another reason I, I fell back. Because I'm just like, now I see things for what they are. Like, it's not the same. And when I'm talking with people, she may not refer to you as her best friend. She'll say, my friend. Oh, she does, real quick. Hi, Bestie, my BFF, da da da, and introduces me as such. And I, I accept the title. It is what it is. But trust and believe, I'll never tell you my business again. I'll never let you in like that again. You can call me whatever the hell you want. <laughs> but it doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, be the same as they were before. It, it, that just upset me. And since we're well, on that topic. Since we're since we're since this topic's kind of collide, I'm sorry, D Nasty. Give me a second. Since the topic's kind of collide, I'm just gonna go ahead and roll out topic three as well. And it says how to decompress or unplug for self mental health. And in that situation, as Teray just said, she had to fall back for herself and deal with herself because apparently yep. the people that she thought she could be vulnerable with were not available. I'm not gonna let somebody right. keep hurting me. Like that's stupid right. for me to keep running into a wall, getting hurt over and over. And what happens with you happens with a lot of us. What happens is we put a person in the family category. And with family, although you don't fuck with family, family's still family. And you'll deal with them and you'll fall back, but you deal with them. You feed them from a long handle spoon. You'll, you'll smile. You go to conference. Y'all can and everybody, let's just be clear. When we say family, family does not just mean you're bonded by blood. Family is whatever bond that brings y'all together. Or I wouldn't, or I wouldn't even say that. Hold on, or I wouldn't even say that you. I wouldn't even say family aspect. I would say maybe you just hold them to a to a higher standard. You, you should, but you, but, you know, we all know that's not. I reality. learned to stop doing that. I learned to stop ha- that ha- holding people to my standards because I open myself up for hurt. So I stop holding yep. people to standards and just accept them for who they are and what they're gonna do. Mhm. That's the best thing when for you. you. That's the healthiest thing you can do. When you take a friend and you turn a friend into a family. You never, you can't, it's like this. What they say, family's forever. Friends come and go, but family's forever. When you take bullshit. a friend, definitely, uh-uh. definitely, it's a definitely, definitely bullshit. Yep. No, I have no problem disposing of family. No, the reason I say family's forever is because you cannot change your blood. If you're talking mm-hmm. blood family, you cannot change your blood. That's why I say friends come and go, but family, family. You change, change, you can't change your blood, but you can change your number, your Facebook, your Instagram. You can change all that. Well, the thing about it is, once somebody crosses, I can change my whole identity. Exactly. No, but once somebody crosses over into family mode, mm-hmm. you can't just let them go. If it was just a regular friend, you'd be like, "Fuck you, we're not friends no more." I could do that you way. way. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me stop being petty. God's working on me. Let me just say that. But what's your friend? I had a girl, she wasn't my bestie, but I called her sis and she and she she hurt me so bad. She reached out to me, I won't even accept her call because at the end of the day, you showed me you wasn't even my friend. So therefore yeah. I took you out of family category and I took you out of friend category. But 
I still consider I still hurt because I consider her family. I consider her my sister. Uh-huh. I don't I don't I don't I don't speak to her either after the nasty things that were said about me and I didn't even have a play in that situation. But if anybody was to refer to her around me or ask me about her, I would simply say, you know what? That's my aunt, but I don't know. We're estranged. Mm-hmm. And then, I, oh, I, I'm trying to figure out which, which direction I want to take it. I was about to put it in a in in a level of people testing you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really was. I really, really was. Oh, and uh, just right quick, since we're on the topic, and this ties into both topics. Um, so I had a male best friend who I was in, who I met in high school, my freshman year of high school. Who you was in love with? What? I, bitch, don't play yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, who I met when I was in high school, freshman year of high school, and we became really, 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 really close. Um. We almost ended up messing that up. We we tried to date, and then the day we tried to kiss, it was like we didn't even get there. It was like, oh no, hell no! <laughs> it was gross. I couldn't even. You can't do that. But um, we no longer talking. I've become okay with that, and I said if our friendship meant anything to him, because he was like a brother to me, and I still hold him in that place. If our friendship meant anything to him, or meant as much to him as it did to me. Well, we'll eventually communicate again, but we fell apart because any all my friends will tell you I'm the brutally honest friend. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going. Me I'm too. A, and that's why I she had an issue with what I said at her wedding. If I was you bleed, I help you clean up the blood, but it's gonna sting because I'm gonna pull the bandaid off. He was dating a girl who happened to be his wife at the time, and there's some issues with that too. But I stay out of that. I mean, I only get what only get one side because I only communicate with somebody that's mutually involved in that party but that's neither here nor there um and he felt that it was okay and that was violation number one and i gave him the benefit of the doubt by that she felt some type of way because she was insecure in herself because she's because she couldn't figure out who is this girl he's always on the phone with she felt like i was after him and i'm like i'm really not interested in him like that like this is my best friend there is nothing that we don't talk about i mean nothing and so she he she thought it he thought it was okay to give her my phone number without clearing it with me. Wow. And she called my phone and it went left at first. And I was just like, I'ma be honest. Bitch, I don't like you for him. And I don't like him for you. Because uh-huh. you're turning him into somebody that he's not. Uh-huh. You're bringing what I consider the worst out of him because he was doing so much more before you got with him than he is doing now. And I said, sister, as a woman, I feel like you being used. I opened her eyes to the situation. Now, whatever transpired after we had the conversation, he felt some type of way. And I was like, well, me being the friend that I am, you know I'm not going to sugarcoat. That's your fault for giving my number. You knew who I was when you gave it. <laughs> right, and you know I'm not gonna bullshit or sugarcoat it for you or her. So I told her what it was, and he was like, "But you backstabbed me as a friend." No, I didn't. I've always been the same person to you. I'm gonna tell it like it is, whether it's to you or to somebody you put me in contact with. I said nothing I said to her. I won't say to you. I said, as a matter of fact, I'll run you back down the whole conversation word for word if that's what you want. 
He was like, well, I was on the phone for part of the conversation. I said, well, then why are you even questioning me about anything that I said? Because you know it's not nothing I wouldn't say to you. I said, and that is my feelings with that situation. And I said, let's not pretend like we didn't have this conversation prior to you even bringing up the fact that she had an issue with me, and I don't know her. Mm -hmm. I said, so it's nothing that I didn't already say to you. So he got in his bag because he felt like I was tearing apart his love life. And I said, you know what? It is what it is. And I'm not going to put you in a position to choose. I said, but if she really cared about you the way she said she did, she's not going to put you in a position to choose between your son, your best friend, and her. And lo and behold, just what I said, she put him in a predicament to make him choose. She told him it was either her or me. And he cut me off, and I was at first I was hurt, I was pissed. Yeah. But I became okay with it. I said because apparently I, he didn't hold me to the same standard that I held him to, and that was another instance and where I had to hand it off now, and to right. trust him years from now, and then he hurts you again. So at least now you know. Situation where I had to learn to stop holding people to a standard because they're going to be who they're going to be. And it's sad, and I didn't want him to prove me right, but so far, based on what I've told, and maybe the circumstances are different. And I wish him nothing but the best, and I hope he's happy and he's made the right decisions in his life. But some of the intel that I've gotten, he has proved everything that I said thus far to be right. Mm-hmm. And I never actually had a problem with the girl, she had a problem with me. Because I was a confident and no judgment and real ass person in his corner, and it didn't fit the image for the path that she was rolling down. No, but that sounds like a whole like lot you. of not your problem. <laughs> right. I that's, left it alone and I'm just like it's in God's hands if we meant to reconnect we will and if not that's fine that was a, a, a friend that I needed in those times of my life and maybe that friendship had ran its course. But that's like me anybody who knows me I'm not I'm that sarcastic. I'm that sarcastic asshole friend too. That's even like he he's listening. He didn't he didn't cue in. But that's even like when when he got married and I met his wife. I told her, I told her I said oh I said well I said for starters I said you're the same side you're the same sign as Rain. I said me and Rain we clash a lot. I said right. I mean I think more or less because I'm right there on the cusp actually. But I told her from the door. I was like oh. I said, oh, I said, you're the wife that likes to pop shit. And I said, and guess what? You just met the best friend that likes to pop shit in return. I said, so we'll, uh, be, two, we'll be two people popping shit together. Please believe. I said, everybody else, you might keep quiet, but me, it, it won't happen. And it's funny because I actually like her. We're pretty, we're pretty well connected at this point. Um, I'd like to think that we're associates becoming family because we don't really know each other like that. But every time we get around each other, we try to get to know each other a little bit more. The turn up was real. <laughs> the turn up was real. And uh, I just let her know from, from the door, bitch, I'm that friend, that family member that's always on going in the corner. I can be what I, I, I'm with you, Teray. I match energy. I can be whatever you need me to be in the moment. Bitch, you want to fight? We can fight. Okay? Mm-hmm. Understand. You know what we gotta do? We gotta try to uh, I, we gotta try to get elder on the show, but we just have to. I don't know. Maybe you know what? That is she. As 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 weird as this sounds, she's probably one of my best friends right now. Because yeah. I don't know what it is about some people who are like much older than me. Like I end up being extremely close. So this has been happening to me all of my freaking life. Every job that I've had, there's been an older person in their fifties or sixties that's been like a mom slash bestie. Like I kid you not, I've been so blessed like that. And I think part of that is because me and my mom were never that close growing up. I mean, now we are. Upon having my own kids, I forced myself to accept who she is and, you know, like I said, act accordingly, and now we're great. 
But before that, we clashed a lot. And I think that's why God put these different women, older women in my life is because, like, he knows I needed that. About your situation, but I'm just going to say, I think that Elder is just that light from God that anybody that's around her and is really into their walk with God just feels vulnerable around her and knows that you can speak to her with no judgment. What can I just I, say what, something? What? Me and her are in sync so well that we finish each other's sentences and text messages. Like it's happened <laughs> numerous times where she it scared us both today to the point where we're both on a Zoom call. I hope nobody from my job is listening. We were on a Zoom call together. We had to black out the screen because we were laughing so hard at each other because we were sending each other text messages, cracking on yeah. how BS this meeting is and how much of a waste of time it is and how organized our organization is. And it's funny because <laughs> we were, I would like, I kid you not, me and, me and God, we talk in my head a lot. And yeah, you may think I'm crazy, whatever. But I was talking to God and I was like, I, need, I, I don't need to say this. I'm not going to repeat this. As I'm erasing the text that I was about to say something petty and funny, she typed the exact words. I was, I was like, if you don't get out my head. So I had a text. I was like, we can't do this anymore. Like, we can't be friends anymore because you need to stop finishing my sentences. You get out of my head. We'd be cooking the same meals at the same time. We were right, thinking right. each other's thoughts. Like, this is too much. Like, get out my head. And it's just like, it's awesome because she she's not perfect. She's not, you know, we've had moments where we clashed. There was a time where me and her really weren't seeing eye to eye. But I just thank God for me realizing that I can admit when I'm wrong. Like, I'm the type of friend, if I did something wrong or I prejudged you or I assumed something, I have no problem saying, you know what, Chuck, I was wrong about that. And I shouldn't have said such and such. And, you know, I should have gave you a chance to explain yourself. I'm really sorry. I hope you can forgive me. And if you forgive me, you forgive me. And I've I've become okay with people not forgiving me because some people are not meant to be in your life forever. And I'm okay with that. There's no point in, like I said, begging people to be in your life. Like, I'm not begging nobody for nothing. I present things as they are, and either you accept it or you don't. And And it may hurt, just like how Rain said. She was hurt when her friend didn't accept whatever the conditions were but eventually she realizes for the best that god has his reasonings why he doesn't work certain people in your life i'm sorry i'm gonna shut up i just want to say one thing it's about decompressing so um what i wanted to say is what i do usually to de-stress which i usually don't get a chance to de-stress because my kids are in my face all the time hallelujah they're out my face and that's one of the reasons why i'm able to decompress now is to not be around them and i love them to death but i think the issue with me is me and my husband can both be home and guess whose face they're going to be in mine. Guess who they're going to walk past? They're going to walk past the kitchen, past the cookies, go straight, jump over their father to come say, Mommy, can I have some juice? Are you freaking kidding me? Your father's next to the juice, and you left the juice to ask me for the juice in another room. So that's why I need a break. So when moms complain about their kids, it's not that we don't love, well, some moms, when real mothers aren't up, uh, like, they're not complaining because they don't want their kids. They're complaining because they deal with that 24-7. And on top of COVID like, causing I'm me to have to work tomorrow. And you look at me like I committed a crime when I say go ask your father. <laughs> yes. Yes. The minute he gets home, I give him one hour. You get 60 minutes, not 61, not 62. You get 60 minutes child-free, and then it's your turn. <laughs> and that's because mm. he has a physical job. And that's about it. Okay, but so I real quick. by not having my kids. For me, for decompression, and I learned this in the um, therapy that I was in. I currently still am in therapy. I'm going to tell y'all, black people, don't be scared of therapy. Therapy is one of the best things you can do for yourself. Um, I don't need therapy. I got Jesus. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Jesus gave you therapists. Jesus gave therapists to us, so use it. Hello. <laughs> um, one of the things for me as a busy and close-bonded mother 
Um, sometimes the only way I can decompress is to just practice a task that they call radical acceptance. It's making yourself aware of everything in the moment. Just making sure your feet is just like in a literal sense, but also in a outer body sense. You have to make sure your feet are grounded on the ground so you understand you're in contact and you feel everything that's going around, everything that's going on around you. If that means listening to your heartbeat, listening to the blood flow in your body, making sure all your limbs, you, you, it's like meditation in a sense, but a quick version because. Radical acceptance mm-hmm. doesn't have to be hours. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out thing. You can do a moment of rad- radical acceptance. You could do radical acceptance in 30 seconds. It's just uh, buckling down, ignoring everything else that's going on around you, but also being aware of what's going around you. So it's kind of like climbing in your head in a little box <laughs> and just being like, okay, mm-hmm. I see the table across from me. I understand that there's a kid next to me that won't stop tapping on me that's calling my name. Mm -hmm. I need to know to calm down and not to scream at this child, but to respond appropriately. My heart is racing because I'm aggravated. My heart is racing because I'm so aggravated, girl. Your feet are on the ground. You're sitting somewhere. You're inside your house. You're doing everything that you're supposed to do as a mother. God is on your side. Everything is going on around you. And snap back Mm -hmm. and I'm back. Okay, what was it that you was asking me? Okay, I said to do it this way. Can you please Leave my presence after you do it this way. I am not in the kitchen. Your father is standing in the kitchen. Why did you leave the kitchen where your father was standing with the juice to come and ask me? All you had to do was ask your father who was standing in the kitchen for juice. Good day. Please leave my presence and go get your juice. If only she said it that nicely. Now she I have said she it that fresh. nicely. She is it doesn't matter. Stuff. Some kids don't give a damn if you say it nice, if you yell, if you cry, if you whatever. Listen. They're going to want what they want when they want I, it. And listen, even I, I have listen, my little one, you can be his ass, and he's stubborn enough that he will not care. It's like he has something else in him. Like it's just, He's different. My, he's son, different. my son is a prime example. The, the last two are the examples of that, especially the God. last one. I don't care what you say to her and what you do. She is hell bent on doing it her way. I can tell her. What month is old. she? Oh, she's summer. She's um August. No, right? August 31st. Yeah, she's a uh, oh, Virgo. Okay. My son, you beat his ass. He gets turned on. We got to wrap the show up, though. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about kids. Make a whole show about kids. We, we definitely got to wrap the show up. What I'm, I'm going to do is, though, um, I'm going to revisit um, topic three on Friday for like the first thirty minutes of the show. Um, and I'm gonna say, Shorty, Shorty, Shorty let me know what it is that you want to say. Go ahead, Dinesha, real quick. Um, when you want to decompress, the easiest the, thing, the easiest way to decompress, which I found out, is step back a second and just say thank you, Lord, and think of everything that you have, and really remember it's always working for you. You're right. That's the religious part of it, but radical acceptance. I was saying in general for people who don't identify religiously, radical acceptance is just taking a minute to acknowledge everything that you have and everything that's going on in the moment. And Shorty, right, no, Shorty it's, said, it's, wait a minute, hold on. Shorty, Shorty said, it's, spread it's, love. Even anything that's going on, just remember it could be always worse. So that's how I decompress. Like, all right, it could be worse, and there's somebody else worse than me. Because while you're complaining about not having shoes, somebody ain't got no feet. Uh huh. Right. And that's how Go I ahead, decompress and everything in perspective. Go ahead, Chuck. And Shorty says, spread love, posi- spread love and positivity. Pray, take care of your health, and remember that Black lives do matter. <laughs> yes, they all do. Right. And plug your 
As I said, I will revisit this topic on Friday for like the first thirty minutes, uh first thirty minutes of the show on Friday. Um, GT and I are supposed to be holding it down, but of course y'all stay in place. We all gonna hold it down. I mean, because I don't, I don't, I don't know. He might be busy. It is supposed not. to be being ran by Chuck and GT, but Teray and Rain will be in the building all as always, and we will be. We may not be active in the show as much. We'll be there to unless, supervise. Right. <laughs> Um, Regulate. I want to. I, I want to talk. I want to talk about. I want to talk about that and about you know that for the first thirty minutes and uh, one night stand. So D nasty, you make sure you call up on Friday. I know you oh, have a lot to share. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and remember this: I'm gonna piss some people off when I say this, but black lives matter because all lives matter. Oh, look, and okay. until uh, Black Lives Matters, all lives don't. <laughs> um, Teray, any, any anything else? Any, wait, uh, we we gotta wrap I, up. We I don't got time. We don't got time. We got two minutes in counting. <laughs> Teray, anything anything else you want to say? Oh, Teray, then left. Teray, then left the building. Okay, Rain, anything you want to say? Um, yes. Uh, really quickly, I'll be plugging um links to. Uh, websites and things, and I'm going to actually post a reference to radical acceptance for the people who want more in-depth and probably a couple other decompression exercises. I'll also um, plug them on Friday's show if you guys do decide to discuss it. Um, Really quickly, check out prosperityhairforyou.com if you're looking for uh, a growth serum, something to help with hair growth. Uh, Saray dropped off. It's her hair care line. Um, Yeah, check that out, and and also um, check out Nani Eggs by uh, the Body Scientist, the underscore Body Scientist on Instagram. Check her out. She's really, really dope. Um, and I think that's it. Um, I'm out because we're running out of time. So uh, I'll just plug a lot of healthy information underneath the repost of the show. You guys could check that out. This is your girl, A Rain. Love, peace, be safe. Black Lives Matter. I'm out of the building. We will see y'all on Friday, same time, 8 to 10, same number. We out of here. Real Life Spill Show. I didn't say this, but somebody, everybody be encouraged and stay encouraged. Go on to something to stay encouraged. I read on it.
Phil, hosted by the AMC duo, Chuck C. and A-Rain, Real Life Spill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.